Good morning, good afternoon, and good evening. Um, I say this because I have no idea what time you all be listening to these episodes. I personally like to listen to my episodes anytime between 12 a.m. and 11.59 p.m. So I'm just not sure how, you know, everyone else likes likes to organize their listening. But yes, it's your girl, Simi. I'm back like I never left. Welcome to episode eight of the Time Out Podcast, which is actually going to be the last, the last podcast for the year, for the year 2020. So I hope you guys love it. Ugh, I can't even say that. I know you guys will love it. This is definitely one of my favorite episodes so far. But I've definitely been really, really excited about this episode in particular because of the guests that I have here with me. Got some new friends, uh, some old friends, and some family. So it's going to be great. I would definitely recommend listening to the previous episode. Uh, just for a better understanding of what we'll be discussing. But if you haven't, that is totally fine. That episode will still be here after you finish listening to this episode. So the former episode was on Black student athletes and their experiences. This episode is going to focus on Black professional athletes and their experiences here in Canada, as well as the United States of America. We've got a variety of teams here, a variety of athletes, a variety of experiences, and some great insight on how teams, leagues, players, coaches have navigated through the sports world um, as a result of the most recent like BLM movement. And, you know, with the setting awareness, you know, diversity, inclusion, what does that really mean and what does that look like and how does that look like in your specific franchise? Anyways, most importantly, today I'm joined by three lovely, amazing, spectacular, phenomenal, talented, uh, whatever you're thinking, that's what they are. Amazing, award-winning, fit, you know, honestly, I just wanted to take a minute and say that the continent of Africa is producing some of the best talent in the sports industry. But that's all I have to say. And I was going to say that's just my opinion, but it's not my opinion. It's facts. <laughs> so if I could just get you each to go around and say your names and the team you play for, the league you're here um, that you represent and the position that you are in your team for sport. <laughs> okay. Um, my name is Adut Bulgak. Um, I'm a professional basketball player, current WNBA player, but I'm on just leave right now. And I play professionally internationally. Um, the last season that I just completed was in Israel, and I'm a power forward. Wonderful. Uh, my name is Otaro Alaka. I play for the Ravens in the NFL, and I play middle linebacker. Uh, my name is Baladi Ajamale. I'm a Team Canada sprinter, representing Canada in the 2016 Olympic Games. Wow, all the diversity here. Everyone here is excelling. Everyone here is, you know, doing great in their sport and their event. Um, so just to kick us off, so for me personally, when I grew up playing sports, um, I grew up playing soccer and in Brampton. So here it's pretty, I would say, diverse in that certain sport, heavy on the black side i would like to say so in terms of your, like your own personal sports and your upbringing um I mean, you were you know running track playing basketball or football in your own cities like what was your experience growing up um as a black athlete um for me growing up as a black athlete here in uh, edmonton alberta um there wasn't many black athletes like especially females i know on my junior high team, I was the only black person. <laughs> and then um, that was for volleyball and basketball. 
Mm -hmm. And same in high school, it was me and one other girl, Ashlyn. And so there was not a lot of diversity um, in terms of seeing uh, colored athletes. So that would have been my experience here. But obviously that has expanded um, going into the professional realm. Uh, for me, I'd probably say like growing up, there were lots of black athletes-ish. I mean, I guess the higher up you went in terms of track and field, you'd see more people of color, mm-hmm. um, like final meets and stuff like that. Um, but certainly when I went into school, I'd definitely say there were a lot more black athletes, not only just in track and field, but also in other sports as well. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's, I, I think that's kind of the same for me. Um, growing up um, in Houston, there's a, a lot of everything. But, like, Little League is when, like, I I would have a team that I played with that was an all-black team, and then the next year it would be, like, mostly white. It just depends, but definitely as you as you uh as you get older and stuff for me uh high school uh the players on my team that was mostly black team uh college it was uh it was mostly black but the school was predominantly white mm-hmm. uh, and then the nfl yeah mostly mostly black players <laughs> yeah. yeah so um, I was looking over some of like the like I guess just how each league is handled. Um Black Lives Matter and the whatnots in the past couple of months. So how would you say, like I know in terms of um the Canadian Olympic Committee that I think just before, um, either beginning of this year or end of last year, they started putting some certain limitations on how like athletes could protest during the games and then in terms of like the NFL, like I was looking over their um, diversity and inclusion report card and they do have a B um, on paper, but just in terms of like the league as a whole, like outside of Colin Kaepernick, that's how they handle like a lot of things, even with the kneeling flags. Um, and then the WNBA has like always been at the forefront um, in terms of combating like social justice and like allowing players to like express themselves. But how do you think that like your leagues and your even if it's not just like teammates and coaches, but how do you think they've like been able to support you as a black athlete and just support the movement in itself as a whole? Um, for me, I'd say like I, my rookie year was 2016 when I played for the New York Liberty. And that was when um, the Philandro Castile case came out and the Dallas Five um, shootings. And the league was very active. Um, Our captain, Tina Charles, she was definitely at the forefront of these social justice movements. Um, They got us started wearing the Black Lives Matter t-shirts, blackout t-shirts. We actually got (laughs) threatened to get fined in the league if we did not wear league issued uh, gear. Mm -hmm. And obviously those t-shirts were custom made. Yeah. And for someone like me who's a rookie or other rookies in the league is like, we already don't get paid enough. So we can't really afford to be getting fines Mm -hmm. every single game for 36 games because we're standing up for a cause that affects us. Like the league is, I'd say probably 90% black. It's like, how can we get fined um, speaking on justices that affect us personally, you know? Mm -hmm. And 
So I think 2016 was really the push of that um, new wave that was coming in. The Black Lives Matter was really getting heavy for WNBA. And as you see, um, up until Colin uh, Kaepernick, all of that, I feel like we have been right at the forefront, like you measured every single year. They, um, they're just advocating so much and it's getting stronger and stronger. And especially this year, I feel like the league has now been being heard and a lot more people are literally taking like, it, it's everybody's becoming more aware of the situation because I feel like WNBA has been so consistent on this matter. Mm -hmm. I just think we have such great leaders in terms of that um, topic. Yeah, actually there's a lot of athletes have to be careful. They're not like jeopardizing their career. Um, not be careful, but they have to keep in mind that they're not jeopardizing their career when they're, you know, standing up for social issues, because a lot of leagues aren't necessarily on the same page, or I know for some leagues, like, okay, you can do it, but it has to have our logo, it has to be made, the BLM sure has to be made by, you know, our, like, vendors, and then at the end of the day, like, the money to buy the shirt just goes back into, like, the company, so it's not even supporting, like, right, and it's so, like, it's so outrageous, the fact that we get threatened to get fined, or someone like Colin won't, get um won't get a contract because of this when it's literally something that affects us as black athletes mm -hmm. yeah, you guys want us to sit here and perform for you guys but we don't have anybody having our backs when it comes to social justice and reforms and all of that yeah it's such a weird thing mm -hmm. how about y'all um I feel like the NFL, this is only, only my second year, so I can't really speak for what happened, like she said, during 2016. Obviously, it was a lot harder for people to talk out back then. Um, that was when there was a lot of, you know, some consequences was being said. But I think now the league really took a step um, as far as this year goes and all the stuff that they're doing now. Um, it looks like they're really trying to make an effort and they're kind of trying to make up for all that 2016 stuff. Um, so I think uh, the league, the stuff that they're doing, um, I think it's just taking the right step. Uh, as far as the Ravens, I think they're doing the same thing. They invest into the, com into the com community here and um, they put a lot of money up and uh, I think they're doing a decent job now. Mm -hmm. yeah. I guess everyone has to start somewhere. Um, exactly. You know, put your money where your mouth is. Yeah. Yeah. Um, in our like in our case, it's really different and and harder. Mm -hmm. uh, just because like with the whole with the IOC putting out the rule that we can't show that type of stuff at the Olympic Games, it's always yeah. harder to demonstrate those those for those causes, but. When it comes to, for example, the Canadian Olympic Committee, they have certain different events where we can, what we, where we can host either track and field, basketball, like anything in general, where they can show and demonstrate that they're for these causes and things like that. But when it comes to the Olympic Games, um, especially as a sprinter, it's always harder because you're by yourself, yeah. um, and or any other track and field athlete, you're by yourself, and it's always harder to do those things. But um, when we do get the opportunity occasionally where we come together as a team um, and, and demonstrate that we're for these causes outside of the games. Mm -hmm. 
Yeah, I never think about it that way, that you have to make the choice, you know, by yourself. Yeah. You kind of do that and just hope that maybe there's another Black athlete from another country who also wants to, you know, kneel or raise his fist, his or her fist, you know, at the podium. Um, but that being said, I know for me playing, like, high school sports, there were a lot of scenarios where things were just kind of opposed on me because I was Black, or things were just kind of said, um, like, if I was the only Black athlete or people like I was a thrower in track in high school. People were like, why aren't you a sprinter? You're black. And I was like, oh, just because I'm black doesn't mean I run fast. Or um, being automatically put onto the basketball team in high school, even though I, I was like, I can't play basketball. I can't. I know we think I can play, but I actually cannot play. So did you ever have any like situations or like scenarios where someone either said something out of pocket, or just kind of like imposed a stereotype on you and you were like, wait a second, that's not true or that's not right. Yeah, um, very subtle things, kind of like what you experience. It's like, oh, because I'm six foot two, so every single time it's like, and I'm black, it's like, oh, you must be the most athletic person on the team. You got to be the best person on the team. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> Simple stuff like that. I mean, it's innocent, but it's still like, I'm always assumed to be the basketball player all the time, especially even my friends, like my teammates made comments about it when I was in school was like, we would go to the mall and people would only talk to me and be like, oh, you're a basketball player. And they're like, what the heck? Like, <laughs> I'm the starting point guard. Like, just cause you're tall, like, I don't know whether it's height or whatnot, but throughout the years, um, also still going back to these Black Lives Matter movements, like I have commented on Twitter sometimes about the, the topic mm -hmm. and just the type of comments thrown back from the public is like, oh, you're getting paid X amount of money, like shut up and dribble, like just basically not being able to speak out again. I know that's a central issue that I keep going around, but it's like, what, I'm only good for sports or I'm only good as a basketball player. It's like, you forget that I'm dealing with these issues of racism and prejudice. And it's like, how come I can't speak on those issues? Like mm -hmm. I'm more than an athlete, you know? Mm -hmm. So I think that would be the most out of pocket things that I've seen. It all comes from social media. People are very bold on social media. Yeah, they would never say that to your face. Nope. <laughs> and they still pay to come to the game, so I... Mm. Yeah. yeah, touching on that like more than an athlete thing, that's something I kind of I kind of lived by while I was in school. Um, I feel like, I felt like, like I went to, I can mention before, I went to an art school and every, almost every class I was in, the teachers or professors would always be like, oh, you, you're, you're on this team or are you on this team? Or I'm like, how do you know I'm on the team? Like, yes, sometimes I came to class dressed in sweats, but this would be like the first two weeks or so where you don't know that I'm on the team. <laughs> and they'd be like, oh, what team, what team are you on? And I'm like, how do you know I'm on a team? Oh, you just look athletic. I'm like, what does that even mean? Um, yeah, it, it's definitely happened a couple of times. And even in high school, too, I, I was always picked first because I was expected to be the most athletic in class. And it was it was kind of a backhanded compliment because it's like, well, y'all don't really want me on your team because, you know, you want my companionship. You want me on the team so you can win. Like, um, But throughout my collegiate years, I always told myself and always knew, like, I'm more than an athlete. And so that's something I live by even today. And that's something I try to show through all types of work that I do that, yeah, I'm, I can be good at sports, but there's a whole bunch of other things that I'm great at too. Yeah, LeBron and them did well with that hashtag and with that whole platform. I would say when you're talking about like, I know you mentioned um, 
if a coach said something out of pocket or a player to you, um, coaches say out of pocket stuff all the time, but but it not really pertaining to race. Race though, I've 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 never seen that, but uh, they say all types of crazy stuff. For me though, the stereotypes because I went to college at A and M, which is you know real. I mean, like it's 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 college station super it's super white. There's a bunch of white white people so anytime you're out in public and you're black they're just gonna assume he's an athlete because like why else would you you know what i'm saying yeah why else would he be there uh and like if you're you're black and you're I, i'm i'm six three so it's like okay they obviously it's like they know for a fact so um that's the only thing that would really stick out i mean i don't see that as you know an issue because they're correct you know? but um yeah aside from that nothing really crazy mm-hmm. yeah like most of the time when they say that thing you're just kind of mad because you're like you didn't ask me you didn't ask me, you didn't ask me how i'm doing you know you didn't uh-huh. restaurant you didn't say oh may i take your order you just said oh you're an athlete you're black um is well they Obviously, like the football team here is very popular, so they're gonna know you. But it's like if I wasn't that player, like they wouldn't say anything to me. Yeah. Me? Like if you're not an athlete there, then they just gonna, you know, I'm saying they're they're definitely not gonna treat you the same. Like um, I re- I remember when I first I first drove my car up there uh, the second half of my freshman year. Um, in Houston, I had never been pulled over. I have a red car, uh, but I've never been pulled over in Houston mm. since I had a car. I had a car from uh, my junior year uh, to, to like my freshman year. I hadn't been pulled over in Houston two two years. I bring it up to College Station, and in the first month, I'm pulled over five times. What? But I never got a ticket because that was after my freshman year. I had had a good freshman year. So like they pulled me over and like half the time they were like, oh like as soon as they pulled me over, they knew me, so they would let me off with the warning. Mm-hmm. And uh like I remember I I would I, I got pulled over for like the craziest stuff. I mean, I was going two miles over once. I was going like sixty two and a sixty. I'm like, all right, okay, I guess. That's okay. So, um, they pulled me over. They thought I, they thought I robbed the. They 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 thought I robbed uh, that I was be that I was a burglar in the neighborhood that I actually lived in in college. So they pulled me over for that. Saw who I was. Like, oh, sorry, you fit the description. Oh, of course. First of all, who's even robbing and going the speed limit? Like, I'm trying to. Get- <laughs> oh my! I mean, it, 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 it was it was it was it was definitely some crazy stuff. It was some crazy. I do agree with what he's saying though, like oh, yeah, getting getting those perks kind of because of being an athlete. Like, yeah, they never asked, but at the same time, they weren't wrong. Um, being, being in my school, I'm like, I, was, I went to a D2 school, Academy of Art, and by the, by the time, I mean, by the time I won, <clears throat> excuse me, my second NCAA title, yeah, the whole school kind of knew 
who I was. And then when I, by the time I graduated, I had 10. And so it was kind of like, oh, okay. Yeah, this is who this person is. So when I went to class, it was always that assumption. Yeah. Like once you start getting the accolades, then it's, right. you don't know by now. You've all had some amazing successes in your career. So at this point, I don't think it really matters what, you know, folks are saying or not saying, like as long as you guys are still excelling and these are the people that they talk the most and they still pay the most to come and see you and watch you play. And, you know, they're buying work your faces on it. So it doesn't really matter. Mm. But, yeah, that's really it for me. I just think it is so important to have these conversations. And I'm also thinking about how like the Canadian experience is different than the um, American experience because college sports isn't, like it's big here, but it's not big here. Like if you compare youth sports to NCAA, like it's definitely not on the same. Sports here uh, in a lot of places is bigger than, uh, yeah. like I know. <laughs> For me, actually that's a good. Uh, that's I know, let's say the beat is sick. Let them in the interview. <laughs> While he's gone, um, as you know, uh, I'd say, yes, the, the sports in U.S. and college, or U.S. and Canada are so much different. Like, I'm a Canadian. I'm a Canadian citizen, but I went to school, junior college in Texas, in Athens, Texas, Trinity Valley, and then went to school at Florida State University. That's where I graduated from. Okay. And just the whole culture, not even, like, apart from... Sports in Canada and sports in the U.S. are very different on the competitive level. Mm-hmm. And um, I have quite a few NFL player uh, friends from school who started off in the NFL but didn't pan out in the league and they're now in the CFL and they're just like, it's so much easier here. Mm-hmm. Um, but just uh, the biggest thing that I face being Canadian and playing in the States is I think just the culture barrier. I honestly think being in America is just so aggressive and you have to be defensive all the time. Mm -hmm. And I feel like I did not face much of that when I was here in Canada. It's like one of the biggest things that I would get, I don't even know why, it's so stupid, I would get teased for in school (laughs) was from the football players, white and black was like, oh, you don't have to speak black. I mean, you don't have to speak like a white person. Like, you're black and da-da-da-da. I'm like, okay, first of all, I'm not from here. What does that even mean? (laughs) Because I pronounce every single syllable. I was like, I'm from Canada, so I naturally have an accent. And then it's just, like I said, the aggression is just so... Everybody's in defense mode. And and, um, one of the biggest differences I noticed, too, like coming back, transitioning. This is my first year back home since 2010. Wow. And I, I feel like... I feel like I'm aggressive now when I'm home, but it's also not even aggressive. It's not even aggression. It's like just downright people disrespecting me. And most of the time it's because I know for a fact it's because I'm black because I see the privileges of the person in front of me that is get, that they're getting mm-hmm. and then I get treated differently. And then it's like when people find out here at home that I'm a professional athlete, former WNBA player, all this stuff, then now I get the special treatment. Then now people are nice to me. People are welcoming. People want to talk and engage and want to get to know me and all this stuff. But it's like just walking around as a regular person, 
who the hell am I? Right? It's so different here in Canada. I'm like, I think because like in Canada, in a weird way, like we haven't seen the value of like professional sports, like even semi-pro. I would say even semi-pro, like at the university level, like just seeing the fact that that still is considered like professional athleticism and I think and I don't know Canada hasn't really seen the value in sports yeah I would say except for like the NBA the Toronto Raptors the Leafs and the Jays mm-hmm. um but even then like Canada Canada doesn't rate you in terms of sports until you make it like even in terms of how they pay their athletes and how they just pay anyone who's Canadian like you don't get paid a substantial amount until you've left so until like America has paid you until you've gone overseas and then now Canada wants to buy you back. But in terms of, like, supporting, like, at a homegrown level, like, Canada is a bit behind. Like, they don't do a lot of investing when it comes to, like, their younger athletes. Oh, absolutely. Um, Balade, I know you You said you play for the – sorry, I'm t- I feel like I'm taking over your interview oh, question. That's a good thing that you just brought up, um, Balade. Um, I played for Team Canada basketball myself. Right. And did you play out – like, did you compete professionally outside of Canada um so no I've I've been running for Team Canada since I was 16 mm-hmm. um so every year since 2012 I've been on Team Canada um yeah. same thing but same thing as you though like going to school in the states definitely made me see a lot of things and like I got teased a lot for certain things too same thing the way I speak oh you sound white when you talk that used to <laughs> irk me so much I'm like what does that mean I speak English um mm-hmm. and and there's just so many things. There's just so many things that I would have never thought about leaving here, and that I saw, like like you know walking down the street. This was in San Francisco. Walking down the street and having a, a lady clutch her purse as I'm walking by, and I'm like, "Ma'am, do you know that what I what I have on right now is probably worth whatever is in that purse? Like, no. I don't understand." And my tracksuit. Like, you need this. It was, it was crazy. It was crazy the things I noticed. Then. And then I came back home and. I'm seeing things so differently. And yeah, I did come back a little bit more on edge because it's like, this is what happens in the world. Like, I'm just, it's crazy. It's so crazy. Yeah, Canada's actually in a bubble. And like, I'm working in sports for a number of years now. And I just like compare notes, like something will happen here. Or like, I'll just look at you sports. And then I'll just compare with like NCAA, you know. I mean, in terms of the bigger sports, like we should, we're all like, Canada and America, we're in the same leagues. But like CFL to NFL, like I'll just take notes. I'm like, oh, this is way different. Like we are behind the times here. Um, but honestly, hopefully one day, I don't know if it'll be through like just having like, you know, some great Canadian talent or just more funding from the government or God himself comes down and says, hey, I need y'all to start taking this seriously. This is embarrassing. Um, I don't know how it'll happen, but I just hope that soon Canada will be able to get it together in terms of sports and how they treat their athletes that'd be great to see i don't think it'll happen soon oh wait <laughs> please this is my goal this is the only reason why i'm working in this industry that's that's really i just want my kids to be able to play sports here and not quit when they're u17 because they don't want to, or okay you know how a lot of athletes like grew up in canada like you guys both you know you didn't go to school university yeah in canada everyone, everyone's trying to go to the states unless you play like hockey or lacrosse maybe um but yeah i would just like to get to a point where you know canada's a competitor or like you know people aren't some people want to be traded to the raptors or they want to come play for tfc right but i think the thing is the reason why i think it probably won't happen anytime soon is because 
if you look at if you look at the results that are coming out of people who stayed in Canada versus the people the Canadians who went to the states and came back, there's a big difference, substantial difference. If you look at, for example, the the four our four by one relay team at the 2016 Olympic Games, we won a bronze medal, and four five out of the six of us. So we had two alternates. Yeah, five out of the six of us went to school in the states, mm. and. And we all we all did pretty well out there. So it's not like the Canadian athletes suck compared to the U.S. athletes. It's just that there's something different about the training, the yeah. way they put their time and effort into it. And like you said, the NCAA versus the the youth sport, for example, is it's what? almost sort of a joke. It's almost sort of a joke just because like we see the com- competition level. It's yeah, completely different. completely different. The kids, people in the states, again, same thing as like the privilege and like the bubble mm-hmm. is. Some people, some of the athletes growing up in the States don't have the same privileges as some of the athletes here. So yeah. here we're more relaxed where we're growing up in a comfortable environment. And then we, we want to pursue these things. Yeah. Whereas the athletes who are there are hungry from day one, that this is what they want to do. And they have no other way to accomplish what they want to accomplish in life, but this one path yeah. and that hunger and training with people in that environment who are from that environment just makes you want to be a better competitor as well. And it, it feeds your, it feeds your competition mode, you know? Mm. Um, and here it's just everyone's just everyone's just too laid back everyone's too yeah. laid back yeah Canadian, Canada does have a culture of being really laid back I think just they have to invest more from younger the grassroots and you know it's not just like oh my kid's playing just to make it to university or playing to kill time because you know I'm busy I don't have time to take care of them if they can invest and treat it as like you know a future profession like as equally as they the importance that they put on education low-key they could put that into sports as well because you know it is a future profession like it's as important as STEM, in my opinion. So that's probably the only thing that can make a difference, which is a conversation for the government to be having at this yeah. point, definitely. But um, thank you all so much for taking the time to speak on this subject. This is important. I would say this is probably one of my favorite episodes because this is my industry and it's really exciting to see, you know, how everyone's journey has, you know, in a way it's kind of similar in terms of the treatment because we are all black, but it does differ in the sport, it does differ, you know, based off the environment that you grow in, um, your competition and gender as well, clearly at this point, it's really different, but thank you folks so much. Thank you to our listeners for listening. (laughs) No problem, thank you for coming. Thank you guys.